This is Instant Game Reaction, an immediate look back at the Colts' latest game. And trying to make an adjustment on the ball is Michael Pippen. He catches it, and he rumbles across the goal line. Touchdown, a 42-yard strike. Want to air it out downfield, down the far sideline, looking for Zay Jones, and it's intercepted by the Colts. Isaiah Rogers on the return. Gives off to Taylor. He's in. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Jonathan Taylor. Here's your host, J.J. Stankovitz from Colts.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Colts Instant Reaction here on the Colts Audio Network. Every week, I'm J.J. Stankovitz, joined by Bill Brooks, Colts Ring of Honor member, as we break down the Colts' latest game. And, Bill, um, I, I I thought the Colts couldn't find a worse way to lose than after they gave up 33 points to the Cowboys two weeks ago. Uh, But today, the Colts are on the losing end of what is now the biggest comeback in NFL history. The Colts blow a 33-0 lead at halftime. They lose 39-36 to the Minnesota Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium in overtime. Um, And, Bill, I kind of want to work back to how this happened, not how the Colts built that 33-0 lead at halftime. Let's just dive right in to how this happened. And it goes to a couple of things. And and offense and defense are both equally at fault here. That's something Jeff Saturday emphasized after the game, that this is not just the defense giving up 417 yards to Kirk Cousins after halftime. It's not just the offense getting only a handful of first downs after halftime. It's on everyone on this team that played a part in the Colts getting outscored 39-3 to in the final 40 minutes of this game. When you just take kind of a, a quick critical view, Bill, of the third quarter, fourth quarter, and overtime, what are just some things that stand out to you as to how the Colts allowed Minnesota to get back into this game? Well, you know, we always talk about complementary football as far as offense helps the defense and special teams and things like that. Well, to me, that was just the opposite. You know, it wasn't complementary football. This was those guys hurting themselves. The offense couldn't sustain the drive. In the second half, you go four plays, uh, punt, six plays, field goal, three plays, punt, four plays, punt, three plays, punt, and then on and on. So you could not sustain any drives to try to march down the field and score points and eat up some clock. Um, They didn't do that. Defense, they couldn't get off the field. Uh, Minnesota got a couple of quick touchdowns. When I say quick, I mean it took them maybe two minutes, three minutes uh, to get down the field and score some touchdowns. So they couldn't get off the field themselves so I think this worked against those uh, against the Colts not being able to sustain a drive Mm -hmm. give the defense some time to rest also go down the field if you're an offensive uh, player go down the field sustain a drive and score some points I think if we score some more points in the second half especially being up 33 nothing I think they I'm not saying they would have given up given up but the momentum will been back on the Colts side and it had been very tough for the Vikings to uh, get any momentum uh, to make a comeback. Yeah, Bill, that's something Matt Ryan talked about after the game, that on offense you're just looking for you know, that one explosive play or that one extended drive when you're, you're protecting a lead and the other team is making a comeback, that if you get that, it really – the margin for error for the Vikings was very slim in the second half, obviously. But if you just force – the, the Vikings to, you know, 
sit sit on the sideline for a little bit on offense while your offense drives downfield, even if you come away with only three points. Those three points, Bill, would have been the difference in this game. I mean, and, you know, we'll get into it, too, in the first half, how the Colts offense missed some opportunities, but missing that one play or that one drive, that's all the Colts needed, and they weren't able to get it. Um, meanwhile, Minnesota goes down. I mean, they have 10 explosive passes after halftime. Those are for 15 or, 40, 15 or more yards. Kirk Cousins throws for 417 yards after halftime, wow. 9.1 yards per attempt. Matt Ryan, after halftime, went 10 of 16 for 64 yards. That's 3.6 yards per attempt. The Colts averaged 3.8 yards per rushing attempt after halftime. Um, I mean, it's there's not much good that came out of this in the second half for the Colts offense or the Colts defense. No, it wasn't. I mean, and, and that's what you're looking for, especially when you have a big lead, like Matt said, you had a big lead like that. You're looking for a big play from your team. You know, the other team is starting to march down the field. The other team is starting to get momentum. The other team is starting to score points. You're just looking for a big play to kind of hold that, to, to stop that momentum from your opponent. That way you can start to get some momentum and it puts a little doubt in your opponent's mind about, oh man, we, we, we're not gonna be able to make this comeback, but we still are gonna try, but we're not probably not gonna make this comeback because the momentum has switched back to the Colts side. Um, so even, either way, from the offensive side or defensive side, they needed to make a big play. I thought the big play was when Rodney Thomas made that interception, yeah. that that might, be, that might be the big play, but it wasn't the big play, um, and Colts just couldn't hold on. We need 33 to nothing at halftime. I mean, I, I was like, okay, this is what we kind of were expecting from the Colts somehow, not maybe 33 nothing, but this is how they can play. Uh, football, both offensively and defensively. This is what we thought they were going to do coming out of training camp. And unfortunately, just couldn't hold on to the lead. And you got to make big plays. When opportunities come to make big plays, you have to take advantage of it. You got to put teams away. You can't give them a second chance. And we gave them a second chance. Yeah, I think there are probably three, three big flashpoints in the second half uh, where the Colts almost took advantage of some opportunities on defense. You mentioned the Rodney Thomas, the second interception, uh, just kind of looked like Jalen Rager stopped running his route on that he play. Did. He, he, um, did. he yeah. did stop running. Yeah. And mm -hmm. Kirk cousins throws the ball into a spot where Rodney Thomas catches it, but mm -hmm. he, he caught it at the two yard line. Yeah. And the Colts on offense, they weren't getting anything going and they kind of got backed up there. So then Minnesota is able to take over at midfield after a punt. They go right down and score a touchdown very quickly. It only takes them five plays uh, plus a penalty to get down into the end zone. The The other one, uh, you know, another one then came. So Deion Jackson fumbles. Shandon Sullivan picks that ball up. That should have been the game-tying touchdown. Uh, yes. The play was blown dead for kind of an inexplicable reason. Um, the ball was clearly out. Sullivan clearly recovered it and clearly ran it into the end zone. The Colts catch a huge break there. Sullivan yes. then gets he then gets flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct because he takes his penalty off. He or his uh, his helmet oh, off. My. Excuse me, because he's so mad. And uh, the Colts then force a turnover on downs. And you're thinking, all right, here we go. Like this is this is what the Colts need. So then after that, the Colts then start driving a little bit. This is their best drive of the second half. It's five plays, 20 yards, so it's not mm -hmm. we're not talking about anything great here. But they get down to the Minnesota 36-yard line. They get fourth and one. 
And I I am totally in agreement with Jeff Saturday going for it here. It I is, don't have any problem with that. It is very easy in hindsight to say he should have kicked the field goal, 53-yarder. Yes, Chase McLaughlin has been very good from beyond 50 yards this year. But in that situation, Matt Ryan has been pretty good on quarterback sneaks this year. It's not just that, all right, we're going to throw him out there and see what happens. The Colts were confident in this play. This is a play there. You get aggressive on this in this situation because the analytics tell you you can get aggressive, but also in practice you have seen, and in games you have seen Matt Ryan convert this. The Colts do not convert that fourth and one quarterback sneak. Minnesota takes it over on downs. The next play, Dalvin Cook goes 64 yards on a screen for a mm-hmm. touchdown. And it's like, those are the opportunities right there. They came so close to taking advantage of some really good luck and turning it into a play that would have effectively ended the game because Minnesota had no timeouts left with two and a half minutes to go. Game's over at that point, Bill. And I agree. The game's over at that point. You're right. And I mean, even if not, okay, so Chase McLaughlin could kick a field goal with, you know, I don't know, 30 seconds, 20 seconds left, whatever it comes out to. And that, that margin there was just, all right, then Minnesota got it. And then Dalvin Cook goes 64 yards on the next play. TJ Hawkinson catches the game tying two point conversion. And it's, it's, it's almost inexplicable how this happened because the Colts had these opportunities on both sides of the ball, even in the midst of this furious comeback that it seemed like they couldn't stop by the Vikings. They had an opportunity on, on that fourth and one. Um, I don't have any problem with Jeff going for it. Um, you know, I could say it was a, it was a questionable spot by the officials. Um, Question, I think, I questionable think, whistle, I think, on when forward progress was deemed right to be exactly stopped. yeah so so that, so that's why i mean i say questionable spot because if they blew the whistle too early and they marked it different so it, that's neither here nor there but that was a play that we couldn't take advantage of we, we still should have gotten one yard i've always been told don't leave the game in the hands of the officials you take it control of it yourself so um we didn't do that the officials made the call and didn't get the first down and then all of a sudden defense has to come out there regardless of what happens and then Dalvin Cook goes for 60-some-odd yards for a, a screen for a touchdown. Big play for them. They, get, they keep the momentum on their side, and the momentum's away from us. We don't have anything. It's away from us. And you know what? Give Minnesota credit. They took advantage of the opportunities they had. They had the opportunities, and they took advantage of it, and they made the plays. We didn't. We have to start making the plays when we have the opportunity. We have to be that team that says, okay, who's going to be the guy that's going to step up and make the play? Uh, regards to special teams, offense, defense, someone has to make a play to get momentum back on the Colts' side so they can uh, win these games when they have this big lead of 33 nothing, or when they're just playing any type of game, no matter what lead they have or if they're behind. They have to have guys to make plays. The other thing, Bill, so, I mean, the Colts, the Colts had a possession in overtime. I mean, it, yeah. through all of this, through is everything <laughs> that happened in the second half happened, the Colts stopped the Vikings offense, forced a punt, got the ball back, drove close to midfield. I mean, they got to their own 44-yard line. So you're starting to think, okay, maybe, you know, Michael Pittman Jr. converts that third and nine. Really, really good play. Yes. Where he stretches across the line, just a really nice play by Pitt. And you're starting to think, man, after all this, you just probably need, you know, a couple first downs, a couple more first downs. And you're in range for a game-winning field. It just it doesn't 
wind up happening. And then you give the ball back to Minnesota. I'm starting to research, okay, has there ever been a team to have two ties in a season? Uh, <laughs> there had not. Since since overtime was instituted in 1974, there had not been a team to have two ties. Um, still, still none, because Minnesota then goes six plays, 55 yards, and uh, Greg Joseph gets the game-winning field goal. And that's it. I mean, it's... It's just it's this game where I don't I don't I don't know how to quite digest it other than to just sit here and say, well, I mean, the problems that had plagued the Colts this season, specifically on offense, really came back to bite them in this game. And Bill, that will take us into the first half of this game where Yes, the Colts built a 33 to nothing lead, but they had four possessions get into the red zone and they only scored one touchdown on those in the first half. That was their only offensive touchdown of this game. Yeah, and that you you look, when we get in the, when you get in the red zone, do you have to take advantage of those opportunities as we talked before? You're going to have to come up with touchdowns. You can't always get field goals. And this is a team that needs to get touchdowns. We're not that type of team where you can cons- consistently get field goals, field goals, field, field goals. You need to get touchdowns, and we did not do that. And if you're not successful in the red zone, it's going to be very difficult to win football games. Eventually, you're going to win some games, but eventually it catches up with you and bites you in the butt. And this is one of the games. It, it, it bit the Colts in the butt. They could not convert uh, those possessions that they got in the red zone to touchdowns. And in this in this league, it's a scoring league. Let's just face it, it's a scoring league, so you're going to have to score points. And when you don't score points, um, it makes it very difficult. And the best way to score points is, is getting touchdowns. And the coaches have struggled in the red zone this year, and it's made it very difficult for them. And that's, why, that's one reason why their record is what it is as of right now. I mean, it, it kind of got masked by how well things are going in the first half, Bill, but I, I really can't emphasize it enough that the Colts only scored one touchdown on offense in this game. I mean, when you put up 36 points, you're thinking, oh, that was probably a pretty good game for the yeah. offense, but you get the Julian Blackman pick six, you get the Afadio Deniabo blocked punt that JoJo Doman returns for a touchdown, and it, it does kind of mask some of the issues the Colts had, and it wasn't just that the Colts got into the red zone and didn't score. They got down to the one-yard line on their first possession, had to settle for a field goal. They get down to the 10-yard line after that first Minnesota turnover on downs, uh, and they have to settle for a field goal. They get down to the Minnesota 9-yard line and have to settle for a field goal. That was on one of their longest drives of the game, nine plays for 65 yards late in the, the second quarter. And... Bill, if, if one of those drives, one of those drives that gets to the 10-yard line ends in a touchdown, what Minnesota has to do in the second half is not only score five touchdowns, which they did, they would have to convert five two-point conversions to tie the game. That's where, <laughs> very, very, that's where very you're difficult, at. Very difficult to do that. To say mm-hmm. the least, um, when you figure two-point conversions are you know a little bit better than 50-50, even generously if you're, you expect to convert 66 75 percent of them you're not going to get one of them like something's going to happen and you're not going to convert all those and the Colts probably win this game and it's just that that to me Bill more than almost anything 
was so defining about this game because we've talked about it all year. These issues in the red zone that the Colts have had continue to crop up and they continue to crop up at the worst times. And Matt Ryan talked about it, that even in the first half, you get opportunities to put a team away and you don't take them. Yes, you're up 33 to nothing at halftime, but if you should have been up 37 to nothing at halftime, that's actually a pretty big difference. Oh, it's a huge difference. Th- those four points make a big difference. And, it, and for the opponent, it demoralizes you. You think, man, we're, th- we're down by 37. So that means, as you said, we have to get uh, how many touchdowns, how many two-point mm-hmm. conversions. Very difficult to do in a half. And especially if you can, uh, you as a team that's the ahead, can control the clock, move the ball down the field, not make mistakes, not jump off sides, um, convert your third downs, don't be third and long and just play good sound football. It makes it very difficult for a team to come back like that. They have to be very perfect and um, it's very difficult to be a perfect football team when you're trying to come back from a big lead. One thing just to, to touch on before we get out of here, um, Bubba Ventron's special teams bill, I, <laughs> you know, I'm saving it for the end because I'm guessing no one really wants to hear it. But do but, we need to say any more? I mean, you think about his special teams. They've been playing well. Give them credit all, all, all around. They've been playing well as a whole. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, it's, it's a really impressive thing that the Colts are doing. I mean, the, the Vikings, their kick returner entered this game leading the NFL in yards per kick return. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was like every time he took the ball out of the end zone, he was getting tackled before the 25-yard line. Yes. Uh, Dallas Flowers has returns of 48 and 49 yards. We mentioned Jojo Doman taking the punt block by Fadio Denio back for a touchdown. Uh, Chase McLaughlin now is the Colts' single-season record holder for most 50-plus-yard field goals with eight, breaking Adam Vinatieri's record. Um, you know, that, That's pretty good company to be in. <laughs> it is. It's pretty good. Um, and that side of the ball you are not worried about. No. Uh, it's it's offense and defense right now that you're worried about with the Colts and, and how do you kind of respond over these last three games. I just think the, the way that the Colts came out so strong felt kind of like, all right, you know, coming out of the bye week, this team looks motivated. They want to erase that feeling they had in Dallas that's kind of lingered a little bit. And, okay, hey, th- this is kind of what a, a good version of this Colts team can be, but... Again, it, it, it all kind of was a, a little bit, I don't want to say totally a mirage, but on offense it kind of was, where y- you weren't turning those opportunities into touchdowns at the rate that you need to. And then on defense, the, the second half, to me, Bill, that's that was the most inexplicable part of this game, that the Colts' defense you know, allowed Kirk Cousins to just go up and down the field on him like that, and they missed tackles in an uncharacteristic way. Um, this has been a good defense this year. And the, this defense kind of got a bad rap for how the Dallas game ended. It wasn't totally their fault because the Colts turned Correct. it over so much in that. But this Correct. one this one was tough to explain with how good the Colts defense has been this year. Yeah, it, it, very tough. I mean, it, it looked like they were on the field for quite a bit in the second half. And it looked like they got a little fatigued mm-hmm. um, in the second half. And Minnesota was moving up and down the field running the ball when, when they want to a few times, but throwing the ball and getting the ball to their receivers and playmakers out there. And you know what, they, were, they did a good job. Give them credit. They, um, they did a good job of 
going out there and catching the ball. Osborne had a big day out there for them, um, for the Minnesota Vikings. And of course, Justin Jefferson had a, a big day and Dylan made some big catches and Hawkinson made some catches, especially for um, two point conversion. Give them credit. They they moved the ball down the field, but our defense just couldn't get them off the field in crucial situations. And, and that's what you need. And Jeff was talking about that. Have to have, have, to have um, guys that make plays out there and when opportunities present themselves. And, you know, when the Colts had opportunities to hopefully get these guys off the field, didn't, didn't get the job done. So it's very um, disappointing uh, to see the way the Colts played. This game in Minnesota, and you know, you, I was hoping that they would play better um, coming off the Dallas game. Uh, they didn't play well, and you know, it's, it seems like the fourth quarter has been just a, a bugaboo for the mm -hmm. coach. You know, against the Cowboys, gave 33 points, and this 22 game points Minnesota, for Minnesota Vikings gave yeah. 22. So very difficult when you give that many points, especially when you're trying to close out games. It makes it very, very difficult for you. you put a lot of pressure on yourselves uh, to win ball games when you can't close people out in the fourth quarter. All right, well, that is going to close out this episode of Colts Instant Reaction here on the Colts Audio Network. Bill and I will be back Tuesday morning on following the Colts' Monday night football game against the Los Angeles Chargers. That is next week on Boxing Day, day after Christmas. <laughs> uh, hey, we got a laugh out of this podcast. It's great. Yes. Um, before that, though, we'll have plenty of stuff coming to you on the Colts Audio Network this week, the official Colts podcast, Inside Football with Rick Venturi, Know Your Foe, all the usual standards coming to you this week. Anyways, for Bill Brooks, I'm JJ Stankovitz. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Colts Instant Reaction here on the Colts Audio Network. We will talk to you next week.